Let us pray. Our most gracious Father, we thank you that you are here with us in our midst. That by the Spirit you have given us, you fulfill that promise made through Jesus. That wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, he will be here in our midst. And so grant us, Lord, to know that Jesus is here with us. Grant us to know that your Spirit is at work within us. And help us to know more deeply that through all of this, you yourself, O oh Father, are with us. And we ask that we would know your love more deeply. And we ask that we would know your presence more deeply. And we ask that you would work in us ever so, that we would know you more. And all of this we do ask through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I feel like I'm going to be repeating myself a lot over these next couple of weeks when looking at our gospel readings. Last week, we were transported back to Maundy Thursday to hearing about the new commandment, to being reminded about that new commandment. Love, Jesus said, as I have loved you. And now again this week, we hear Jesus telling us about loving Jesus' commandments so that the Father's love would be in us. Next week, we're going to hear about the love of the Father for Jesus being ours in Jesus. And then on Pentecost, we'll hear again about our obedience and love of Jesus' commandments being a place where we can receive the Father's love towards us in Jesus. There's a lot about love crammed into these four weeks, moving us from the edges of Easter into Ascension and into Pentecost. There's a lot about obedience, a lot about loving commandments, a lot about doing what Jesus has told us to do. And so I guess it was in our lectionary provider's thoughts that it was wise for us to revel in the reality of that outworking of Jesus' love for us, leading to his crucifixion, which thus is leading to our turning in love toward him and knowing the Father's love for Jesus, being that place where we know the Father's love for us. That's a lot to take in. There's a lot for us to consider. And we need to revel in that reality that Christ's love is worked out through his crucifixion, that is worked out through his resurrection, that is worked out through his ascension, and that seeing that, witnessing it, leads us to Him. It turns our love toward Him. And in turning our love toward Jesus, we know the Father's love for Jesus. And that is the place where we know the Father's love for us. That's a lot that we have to consider about what it means to love, what it means to have affection toward the Father, have affection toward Jesus. That it's not just merely a desire, that it's not merely some happy feelings inside. That love is action-oriented. That love is driven forward. Love works. Love does stuff. That's why Jesus can say in, in verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. We have to understand that love does something. 
If I just sit around and say I love Rachel all day long, but never actually do anything to show her my love, am I really loving her? Am I doing anything for her just sitting around saying I love you? Or is there something that must happen in me to drive me forward to express that love? Is it not time that I act on that love? But see, when Jesus talks about loving his commandments and keeping them being the demonstration of our love for him, there's a foundation that goes underneath all of that. There's a lot of language about commandments. Revealing love and receiving love. And so it seems it's a lot about what we do to get blessed, but it's not really about what we're doing because of the foundation un upon which all of that is built. Without a proper foundation, this structure of love, this structure of loving commandments, of doing commandments, receiving love, being love, in the midst of fulfilling and doing those commandments, it'll all come crashing down if we don't have the right foundation. A building is built and will last only as long as its foundation lasts. The building depends upon the strength of the foundation. A bad foundation will lead to all kinds of bad outcomes. A bad foundation will even lead to a glorious edifice, a glorious temple collapsing before our eyes because the foundation cannot hold it up. So what do we make of Jesus' words today? What do we make of him saying, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What do we make of that, Jesus saying that we know God's love by keeping his commandments? Does that mean that God doesn't love us when we fail? Does it mean that God doesn't care about us anymore when we fall into sin? Does it mean we have to earn God's love by acting obediently? It doesn't mean any of that. No. What it means is that our love is expressed, yes, by our obedience. But the only way that that obedience comes to be known is because we've already experienced the love of the Father. And that in doing those things that God has called us to do, we continue to experience and to know the deepness and the depths of the Father's love for us. It's not that one day we wake up and we suddenly start doing the commands of God and then God suddenly says, oh, well, I guess it's time to start loving this backward people. They're finally doing something right. That's not how God works. God's love is made known prior to us ever knowing who He is. His love is made known in all of His actions towards us within creation, within redemption. After all, that's why Paul says, and it's one of my favorite verses because I always come back and quote it so often in Romans 5, God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were yet enemies, Christ died for our sins. That God's love is made known through Jesus. And that love creates love in us. His love creates love that then receives his love. There's layer after layer after layer of grace underneath this edifice of our love. The reality is that the nature of grace and the promise and all of that comes together. That the outward flow of our love toward Jesus and keeping his commandments and our love becoming a place where the Father's love is manifested is the manifesting of Jesus to us. 
All of that comes together in the grace that God has given us. The grace that comes before all things. Grace underlies everything God calls us to do. Everything God says is filled with His Spirit. And thus His Spirit is active and at work. In all of this section that we just read today, it comes in a larger context. Just a few verses earlier, Jesus has said, I'm going to ask the Father and He'll give you another helper, the Spirit of truth. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the Spirit being with you, you will not be left as orphans because I will come to you. You will see me again, even though the world won't see me. In my life, you will also live. And then Jesus shifts and says once more, multiple times throughout this section, he speaks of loving him, loving his commandments and keeping them, demonstrating your love so that you will be within the Father's love. Thankfully, we have a whole Christian life to work out these difficulties of loving God, obeying his commandments to receive the Father's love, but yet the Father's love is underlying my own obedience. Thus, I've already had the Father's love before I ever started obeying his commandments. But then obeying his commandments leads to a deeper knowledge, a deeper understanding, a deeper resting in that love of the Father. Layer after layer after layer. Everything that's underneath our obedience is God's love. Everything rests upon the kindness and the favor of God, His compassion and mercies towards us. Underneath all of our working is the already existent love of the Father for the Son that comes to us because the Father is united to us so that we can receive the love of the Father that is for the Son and through the Son for the Father to receive our love back toward the Son, which is our love for the Father. It all wraps up together in this beautiful Trinitarian puzzle. I love how all these passages here from now on are all about dealing with the reality of the Trinity as we build up toward Pentecost and build up toward Trinity Sunday. So let's hear that again. Underneath our working is the already existent love of the Father for the Son, which comes to us because the Son has been united to us. So the love of the Father for the Son flows to us because the Son has united Himself to us. And so we receive that love of the Father through the Son. And then through the Son, our love is received by the Father. And it comes back and forth. And in the midst of all of this back and forth, is this commandment to love, this commandment to obey, this commandment to do and love the things of God, to love His Word, to love the commandments that He has given to us. And all of this obedience is a gospel-driven obedience. It's a grace-driven holiness that we have been gifted with. Whenever we get into discussions of sanctification, discussions of holy living, we get so wrapped up in our very actions that we forget how those actions flow forth, how those, what those actions come out of. All of the good deeds that we do, all of our obedience flows out of the change that God has created in us, that He transforms our heart through the work of Jesus. 
So that when Jesus says in verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Our love comes because God the Father has changed us to love him. He has changed us to want to begin keeping his commandments, to keep his word. Which means the Father has already given us the Spirit. Which means that the Father and the Son come and dwell with us because he has already given us the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The set-apart Spirit. The Spirit who changes us and makes us holy. That when we are brought into the faith, we are utterly and totally set apart from the rest of the world. We have been made fully sanctified in Jesus. And out of that full sanctification we've received, we begin doing that which reflects that sanctification. We have been made fully holy, and thus we are called to act out of that holiness. Just as we've been made fully new and we act out of that newness, it all comes together. We have been made new in order that we would act like new people. We have been made holy in order that we would act like holy people. And when we don't act like holy people, we have to return back to that original holiness. We have to return back to that original righteousness. We have to return back to that original one true God-man who made us holy, who made us righteous, who made us one with himself. And thus our love becomes more and more expressed in obedience to what God and what Jesus has told us to do. We are to love His commandments in order that we would know the Father's love. When we abandon the Word of God, when we abandon the commandments of God, Thou shalt not steal, Thou shalt not kill, Thou shalt not commit adultery, Thou shalt not covet, Thou shalt not lie. Honor your parents. Worship the one true and living God. When we begin abandoning those commandments, we begin moving ourselves away from the love of God. We move out of the love of the Father because we are shriveling up our love. We are killing our love when we turn away from the commandments of God. And as our love dies, our knowledge of the love of God dies. Thus Jesus says, whoever loves me and keeps my commandments, he it is who truly loves me. He it is who will know the indwelling of myself and my Father in him. Because without seeking after that gospel and grace-driven holiness, Without living in the holiness we've received, we become lost again. We become separated. We become distant. And the love that we have will dry up. Our love will run dry. Hence, Jesus comes back to this over and over in this section. Keeping my commandments means that you love me, means that you are dependent upon me because... We had the knowledge to know that my obedience is not what saves. It is Jesus himself who saves me, and out of that salvation he has changed me to love him and to love what he has called me to do because he has changed me into what I'm supposed to be. He has changed me into a new creature, a new creation, because through Jesus' death and resurrection he has entered into a glorified state. He has entered into a glorious eternal state that mysteriously is being poured back in time toward me. Jesus has brought the end times reality of humanity into the present for himself. And in our union with him, we get to experience that inwardly with the renewal of our hearts and our minds. And that experience should drive us to love 
the commandments that Jesus has given us throughout Scripture. For all the commandments are drawn from Scripture itself. Everything Jesus says is assuming the Old Testament. Everything He says is assuming the moral law given to us. And thus, whoever does not love Me does not keep My words. And so as our love dries up for Jesus, so goes our obedience toward His words, toward His commandments. His words become dead to us as we become more and more dead to Him. And so all of these words serve as both warning and promise, law and grace. For hearing these words, we are driven back into that holiness. We should be driven back toward holiness, realizing that Jesus has put in us His life. He has separated us from the world and given us the fullness of of sanctification, given us the fullness of holiness so that we can live in holiness. And he continues in verse 25, These things I have spoken to you while I am still here, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus brings it back to the Holy Spirit. The disciples don't get it. They don't get the work of Jesus right now. They're getting little glimmers, little glimpses, but they don't grasp the enormity. They don't grasp the full reality of what Jesus is doing for them and for the world. And so he reminds them, I'm telling you all of this and you don't get it and that's okay because the Helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to come and He will cause you to understand. He will bring back to your minds these teachings I've given you, and you will begin putting the puzzle together. You'll begin understanding more and more deeply what it is I have said and what it is I have done. And so he says, I will leave you with my peace. I give you my peace. I give you in advance before my death and resurrection the reality of the forgiveness that I am accomplishing. I am giving this to you to separate you from the world to take you out of the world more and more fully so that you will live with the Father, so that you will know His presence by the Spirit He has given to you and is going to fill you with. They already have the Spirit with them, but the Spirit is going to come and dwell within them, He says. And of course, He knows that this is disturbing for them to think about, that He has to give them peace that's different from the world's. And to remind them to not let their hearts be troubled because all of this he has been talking about has been saying, I am going to leave you. I'm going to go away. And that's made them sad. And I will come to you, he says. See, I often, often so much think of this being about the crucifixion, him temporarily, momentarily abandoning the disciples because he goes to the cross. But really, he's not just talking about his crucifixion. He's talking about his ascension as well. Because he says, if you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father. When he says, I am going away and I will come to you, he means that he is also going away from this earth. He is going to the Father to be back with the Father. And in doing that, he will send his spirit to be in his place with his people to unite us more fully and more deeply to Him in a way that we could never have without Him ascending into heaven. And so Jesus' ascension into heaven means 
He sends the Spirit to us. He sends the Spirit to His disciples to renew them, to guide them, to ensure in them the love that the Lord is calling out of them, to create that love that then is poured forth, to create that love that then receives the love of the Father that has created that very love. It all intertwines with itself. It all comes together that our separation from the world is the work of the love of the Father for us through Jesus. That He has loved Jesus and thus in loving Jesus, He gives Himself to us through the Spirit. And the Spirit creates in us the very love that Jesus wants of us. It's a glorious prospect to think about that. I'm commanded to love God's commandments and to keep them. And thus it is a type of condemnation because I don't do that in and of myself. Any flicker of hope I have is dissolved away in hearing those words. But yet I know as from Jesus' words that He has poured out the Father's love through Himself into me in order to create that love. And so I know that the very love that I have is the very gift of the Father Himself. And thus if the Father has gifted me with love for Himself then I can enter into the love of the Father. I can receive the love of the Father that has been both before and after the love that I have. For it is out, only out of that pre-existent love of the Father for the Son towards His people that I even get an opportunity to love God's commandments. And so we come to rest in the work of Jesus for us. For that is the only place where we can rest. That is the only place where we can find our peace. For it is resting in Jesus that we discover that all things have been done well for us so that we can then go forth and do all things well in the power of the Spirit for Jesus. The new creation has been plant planted inside of us by the Spirit. That new creation makes us new and holy creatures before the Father. And thus we can live in the love of the Father and express our love through right action, through right behavior, only because it flows out of the love of the Father for us. Our good deeds only flow from that love that the Father has given to us that turns into love and faith toward the Father, and thus we want to do that which the Father commands of us. And so as we hear of these commandments to love the commandments, as we hear of the word to love the Father, we rest in the reality that the love of the Father has been poured upon us in Jesus. That is the love of the Father existing prior to our love that drives our love forward. That causes our love to be able to receive that love that is all around us. That is known to us in Jesus. And so find rest in Jesus himself this day. That despite our failures, despite our disobedience, Jesus forgives us. He renews us and He guides us back to Himself and calls us into a new way of living, calls us into a transformed life so that we can rest in Him more and more and come to know the love of the Father by loving the Father's Word, by loving the Father's commands, by keeping the Father's commands and drawing back to Him in every moment of confession and starting over, beginning anew, re-entering into that state of holiness that separation from the old sinful world. 
And so find rest in the work of Jesus for you this day. Find rest and renewal and go forth knowing you have been called to something new. You've not been renewed to go into an old kind of life. You've been renewed to go into a new kind of life. And go forth rejoicing that the Spirit is with you, uniting you to the Son, in order that by the Son and through the Son you will know the Father's love for you. And that likewise, through the Son, the Father will know the love that He has planted in us to give to Him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.